All right. Well, we have been going through Genesis. We uh, looked at Genesis 14 kind of the past few weeks. Uh, kind of finished off last week with uh, this study on Melchizedek and who he who he was, um, Abram, and him giving a tenth or a tithe uh, to this man. And we talked about how the king of Sodom had offered to Abraham the spoils of war, and Abraham refused. He said he made an oath beforehand that he would not take it. Um, and we really see in there a, a faith or a trust in God and Abraham that he was not relying upon uh, this, the spoils of war. He was not relying upon the wealth of the king of Sodom for his inheritance, that he's trusting in God, that God will provide that inheritance for him. And that's kind of where we left off, if you guys remember. Um, World War Zero is ended, um, and Abraham is uh, the kind of the savior of the world at that time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he rescued those who were captured and freed them. Um, and, uh, and so we're going to pick things up in chapter 15. Let's look at uh, let's look at a verse. Start with looking at verses one through six. It says this: After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God. What will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. This, this section that we're discussing today is a section that often that Paul quotes in his letters, and actually he quotes it in, I think, both Galatians and in the book of Romans. Um, and so and it's really this last verse where where Paul focuses in on, on he believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. And hopefully we'll get to that today, but we're going to start at verse 1. <laughs> um, uh, and so... There's peace once again. The war is over. Uh, Sacrifices have been made. And what do we see happening? What's the first thing we see happening? God reveals himself and his promise to Abram again. Yeah, so God is revealing himself to Abram. 
All right? Mm-hmm. It says, The word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Now, when you hear the word of the Lord, what, what do you typically think of? <laughs> Scripture? Okay. Um, an utterance of some sort? Wisdom. Wisdom. Okay. Promise. Now, now, when you hear the word of the Lord coming to someone, what do you think of? To be in communication with God Almighty. To be in communication with God Almighty, right? I was thinking too, you're having a wild conversation. Yeah. 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 And this is the type of language that you'll typically find in the prophets, right? The word of the Lord came to Isaiah. The word of the Lord came to Ezekiel. Um, And so in this, we see Abram is also a prophet of God. You guys see that? Um, And so the word of the Lord is coming to Abram now. um, And it comes to Abram in a vision. And what's a vision? Kind of like a dream that's pretty real. <laughs> so it would be like seen with the eyes as opposed to heard with the ear or read with the eyes. It's like seen like in front of you. Yeah, I, well, I think the, there's some type of manifestation that's mm-hmm. happening mm-hmm. here. I was going to say, what is the original grammatical? I don't have the Hebrew in front of me, so I'm not okay, sure. Well, that's why I didn't answer. Yeah. I wasn't sure. We have, we have it in our English, and we can yeah. guess, but... It could have been something that he didn't know what was going on in some sort of conversation that we might not have any idea of. Yeah. I mean, typically when we when we see this type of language, we, we are talking about, uh, it's almost like, you know, I don't know if there was people around him or not at the time. Maybe he was off by himself. Um, but typically a vision like this, you, you think of Paul on the road to Damascus, right? And Peter, when the sheep came down. It was a vision. Yeah, it was a vision, yeah. Mm -hmm. And and so these are the types of things that are are going on here. Um, And so what exactly Abram sees, we're not exactly sure. Uh, But God is speaking to him. He's come to Abram in a vision. And so there's... God is is communicating to Abram in in a specific, special way. Um, And it's... It's in a way that he makes it clear to Abram who it is that's speaking to him. If that makes sense. Um, and if I can add, yeah. it's like he's communicating in a way that they can communicate back and forth. Like, yeah. That's yeah, and so this this is a, a back and forth conversation that, that's going to happen. And it, and it also is obviously credible, real. Yeah. It's not, no one's going to dispute yeah. Abram, what is what he has witnessed and yeah. been involved. In. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the, what's the first thing that God says to him? Fear not. Fear not. Well, why is he saying this? Because <laughs> he's God. Because <laughs> he's God, yeah. right? And then he tells him why. I'm your shield. I'm your. You know, your reward is going to be. He's confirming why you shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah. There's something waiting for you, mm-hmm. and, and I'm in it. Yeah. 
Yeah, typically when you see any time in the Old Testament, even the New Testament, um, anytime there's a vision or say an, an angel visits someone, people tremble, right? They're, they're afraid. Well, God is visiting. And if you're going to fear an angel, imagine when God comes to visit. Um, and so there, there's a reason that Abram should be shaking in his boots right now. Um, and yet God speaks to him a, a word of courage. He tells him to fear not. Um, and so it's, it's a word of comfort. It's a word of, you know, uh, I'm not after you. I'm, I'm here for your blessing. Um, and not only is he not after him, he's there to shield him. Yeah, he says, I am your shield. Yeah, that's like security right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah what, is it, what does that mean for God to be your shield? Protector. Protector, right? Something to hide behind and in. And yeah, in. yeah. There can be no greater shield. Yeah. Now, now think about this. Think about what happened in the previous chapter. You know, there's this massive world war and you know Lot gets captured and that one man escapes comes to Abram says you know your nephew's captured his whole family's captured and you know Abram rallies up the troops uh, and goes out and you know goes up, up against these kings you know these massive armies and was able to uh, pursue them and actually win win the battle, win the victory, and free those who have been captured. Now, wouldn't you have liked to have hear, heard these words from God before you yeah. went to war? <laughs> you know, I am your shield. Yeah, but but God gives the word after. I, I just find that interesting. Um, and so, Abram, he. He, he knows that God is his shield. You know, otherwise he probably wouldn't have survived that war. Well, Melchizedek, in verse 20, 19 and 20, Melchizedek makes it known that it was God, the possessor of heaven and earth, that yeah. delivered your enemies into your hand. Yeah, yeah. And they also say that vision was uh, pretty scary. From a human sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's God visiting you. It's <laughs> well, no, no, what the vision contained, not not the fact that God spoke it to him or. Okay. Him. Yeah, because God has talked to him before, so for some reason this time. Yeah. So yeah. He just beat up on all these violent people, uh-huh. sinful people. So, from a human standpoint, he might not be fearful right now after the victory, but mm-hmm. after the vision,
Abram was starting to be concerned about. I don't, I'm not going to have any heirs. So maybe that's why he's coming and saying, well, I got you covered. You don't need to worry about that. Well, this is, yeah, and this is where we're headed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, uh, you know, you think about it, he's, he's trusting in God for the inheritance, for the land. Um, and God is now coming to him, confirming this, right? And so he didn't take the spoils of war. He didn't take the, the offer from the king of Sodom. And yet God says to him, your reward shall be very great, Right? Um, and, and so that's good to know, you know, it's, it's, so far this is all good news, right? Fear not, I am your shield, your reward shall be very great. And so if you're Abram's like, oh, you gotta be like, all right, you know, but that's not how Abram responds, is it? What does he say? He says, oh Lord God, what will you give me for I continue childless? And the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. So he's actually almost referring back to reward. What kind of reward can possibly mean more to me than an heir? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can be promised the world, mm-hmm. but if you have nothing to leave that to, yeah, then yeah. What good is it in essence? Yeah. In reality, we're talking here. Yeah, and and we already know Abram is a very, very rich man at this time. Exactly. You know, I mean, he's got 318 men who went to war with him who were his servants, you know, and then not to mention all their family. You know, so, so the reward can't be, your reward shall be very great. It can't be just earthly goodness. Mm-hmm. It's not, um, yeah, and God will spell this out for him. Um, and he's he's coming to Abram because, you know, he, one, he, he, he sees that Abram's trusting in him by not taking the spoils of war. Uh, but two, he, he, God also knows what's on Abram's heart. He knows that Abram's main concern right now is he is childless. And so he, he's kind of drawing Abram out, and Abram's, yeah, he just, he spills the beans, you know. Yeah, I'm trusting in you, God, but, you know, is, is it really Eleazar who's going to inherit all this? Um, you know what's so beautiful is that God knows Abram's heart, and God is now revealing his own heart and plans yeah. to Abram. Yeah. I mean, talk about gracious. Yeah. I know what you desire. Mm-hmm. Here's what I desire for you. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. And his humanness, he can't see it because all he sees is Eliezer. He can't, because he doesn't have the mind of God, of course, and God is giving him this glimpse. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and so, yeah, we, we see these... Uh, this interaction between Abram and God, and it's it, it is kind of wonderful to to, to experience. Um, uh, you know, we don't today, at least I don't. I don't hear the voice of God speaking to me in a vision. Um, 
yeah, I do get God's voice mm -hmm. coming from His Word. Um, and in that, the assurance that is real. Yeah. That's what I love about the exchange that God gives us. Yeah. Because it's personal. Yeah, it is. This is for you. Yeah. This is for us. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we have that same type of exchange today. You know, mm -hmm. we, we, we pray to God. Mm -hmm. we, we speak to, to Him. And then he speaks back to us through his word. Um, and, and, that, and so, uh, you know, he, he doesn't come to us in a vision. Um, but he does come to us and speaks loudly and clearly through his word. And so we can, we can be grateful for that. And in some ways, you know, what... You know, you know. Sometimes I, I look back at these stories and I think, man, if if I could have been in Abraham's shoes, right, or if I could have been in Peter's shoes, um, and those things would have been great. Uh, but at, in the same breath, you know, I'm sure Abraham had, man, if I had, if I had this book that you have, you know, he's like, man, when you got the the, the full revelation that God has given to mankind um, and so you know there's a give and take right <laughs> um, so Abram he, he comes to God with this concern about not having a son um, and you know verse 3 it says Abram said behold you have given me no offspring and a member of my household will be my heir and this was the, the, the typical custom of the day Right, um, it was it was actually kind of seen that in, in those times that if if you didn't have a child, that there was a curse up, upon you. Right, um, for for one reason or another, uh, if you're childless, something's not right. Um, and so here here we have Abram, and he's. He's wondering, you know, God, you say you're going to bless me, but look, by all the worldly standards, I'm cursed. I have no child. Um, and so the, the typical custom was for, they would probably take the most faithful servant in their household and adopt that person as a son in order to be the heir. And so Eleazar would have been probably his most, faith, most faithful servant um, and, and so this is what we see going on here. And yet God speaks to him again and says, And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And so here we see the promise of God once again, right? Um, it's like in verse 3. Mm-hmm. Abram has absolutely poured out anguish. Sure. Hearts, heartfelt. It doesn't matter. This is where I'm at. This is how vacant I am. Yeah. How barren I am. And immediately God says, Now, it's not like you see it, Abram. Yeah. It's not like you see it. This is what yeah. you're going to see. Yeah, and yeah. Go out and look up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 again a beautiful picture of when we bear our 
soul, quote unquote, in prayer or in longing before the King of Kings, how gracious he is to soothe and um, set at ease. I got it covered. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you, you got to be thinking to yourself, how difficult would this be to believe, right? Mm-hmm. Abram's an old man. Mm-hmm. His wife's Sarai, Sarah. She's an old woman. Um, never had any children. She was a barren woman. Um, and so... This is a hard promise to believe. I think that's why it required a vision. Mm-hmm. Well, sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, whatever was in that vision, girded, strengthened, fortified the faith that he needed to believe. Yeah, and I, I think even more than that, the fact that it is God's word coming to him. Exactly. Um, and so we know that his word is faithful and true. Um, yeah, praise God. Um, and so here we have the word of the Lord coming to Abram, and he's saying to him, this man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And so there's comfort in the word of God coming to Abram, letting him know that, that an heir is coming. Um, and then he gives him a picture, right? He gives him a, a visual, if you will. Verse 5, it says, And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars, if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. At that time, he'd fall flat on his back, <laughs> still looking up. And sure, sure. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, uh, how many of you guys go up north, go camping, and get out at night and look up in the sky? You know, we're, there's no city lights. And how many stars are there? Two. Too many to count. Too many to count? Do you know how many? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was way off base. Yeah. No, you're not off base. I mean, we there's only so many stars that we can visually see, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and some of those stars that we think are stars are actually probably galaxies. And, um, and so, you know, you get up in those places and you kind of look, and we don't get to see that when we're in a more urban area because of all the the lights around, but uh, when you get out in, out in the wilderness, which, you know, back then, Abram, there, there weren't city lights. Um, you know, he could look up at the sky and just see all those stars. Um, and so this is a picture that God is showing Abram and says, this, this is how your offspring shall be. Again, we see uh, what seems to be an impossibility. God is saying, no, look, look how powerful I am. Count those stars if you can. That's going to be your offspring. 
and so again we see these words of encouragement coming to Abram, uh, words of promise. Um, yeah. Verse 6, what does it say? And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. And so here we see Abram trusted in God. He, he trusted in his word that it would come true, um, and he counted it to him as righteousness. And, and this is the, the verse that Paul, the Apostle Paul, hones in on when talking about our own faith, right? Um, that salvation is not by works, but it is by grace through faith. Um, and, and so, what does the word righteousness mean? To be right with God? Right with God? Yeah. Upright, holy. Upright, holy. Blameless, like, like Joel. Mm-hmm. Blameless and upright. Without sin. Without sin. Yeah, it's, uh, it's closely tied to the word uh, justification, to be justified, right? Um, and, and so Abram, he had faith in God. He believed the words that God spoke to him. And God counted it to, to Abram as his justification, as his righteousness. And let's 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 turn real quick. Let's go to uh, Romans chapter four. So, starting in verse 9, it says, Is this blessing then only for the, un for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? For we say that faith was counted to Abram, Abraham as righteousness. How then was it counted to him? Was it before or after he had been circumcised? It was not after, but before he was circumcised. He received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. The purpose was to make him the father of all who believe without being circumcised so that righteousness would be counted to them as well and to make him the father of the circumcised who are not merely circumcised but who also walk in the footsteps of the faith 
that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. And, and so Paul's talking about, you know, the distinction between the Jews and the Gentiles and how salvation has come to the Gentiles as well. Um, and it's not through circumcision that we are saved, but it is through faith. And so it's not through our own works, but it is through uh, trusting in God. Um, and he points out the fact that at this point, what we just read today, Abram is not yet circumcised. Um, and so, and we'll get to circumcision later on in Genesis, but um, but this is this is pointing out to us that uh, salvation doesn't come through our works, does it? Is it? Wasn't it Christ that pointed out that not all Abraham's seeds are are saved? I mean, yeah, it's not just the bloodline of Abraham. Israel, Israel. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Um, but but these are these are things that I want you to ponder over this week. We we are over time, so I need to end it. Um, but consider this. Consider the vision. Consider uh, the word of the Lord. And the truth of God's word, uh, consider the fact that Abraham believed God's word. He trusted in God's word. Um, and, and that was why God counted him as righteous. Um, and the same thing is for us. When he was named, he landed in the hall of faith in Hebrews 11. Sure, yeah. Because he trusted. Yeah. By faith. Yeah. Uh, he's the father of faith, right? Yeah. All right. Let's 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 pray. Uh, father, we do thank you for this time. We could look into your word and look at the life of this man Abraham and um, just how you came to him, how you spoke to him, and gave him words of encouragement. Uh, and the trust that he had in you, and we just pray that you would instill that same type of trust within us. That when we hear your word spoken to us, we would believe, uh, Lord, and, and most importantly, that we would believe the word of the gospel. Uh, that your son did die for us, that he, he rose from the dead victorious, uh, that he brings to us new life through him. Um, help us to believe that message and trust in your son. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.